Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Partner Running Show. Show for runners and soon-to-be runners from around the world as we talk all things running. The Partner Running Show is hosted by Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien, and proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and the Partner Runner Magazine. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Partner Running Show on this uh, 31st or 30th of March 2015, no matter where you may be in the world, and as we often say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or somewhere in between. Yes, yes, depending on when you're actually listening to the show. And of course, with Daylight Savings uh, about to finish in sort of the Australian uh, times, or many of the Australian time zones, kind of complicates the listening time even further over the next week or two as people change around and all those things. But anyway, um, uh, a special episode today where we've um, been able to catch up with uh, Gavin Markey, who's the person behind Tailwind in Australia. And um, a number of, uh, a number, well, probably a large number of our listeners, uh, certainly the ones that we have physical contact with, uh, we know have sort of either used Tailwind uh, themselves in their sort of in their packs for their running or used it when it's been provided uh, as, as events. And so a lot of interest around, you know, you know, one of the great challenges for runners is hydration, energy. Um, Electrolyte you know, balance, big, all of that sort of stuff, yeah. A, a popular question we get asked at seminars and online and all over the place is, you know, well, I've tried product X and it upsets me or it doesn't work for me, you know, what can I do? And, and uh, many people are finding Tailwind is a great solution. So uh, we had a great chat with, um, Gavin, who talks, takes us through the history and the why and the how-to of Tailwind. And, of course, Gavin is also, uh, and Tailwind Australia is one of the sponsors of the Anzac Ultra, which is the big race that is coming up uh, starting on the 6th, 8th, 10th and 11th of April, depending on the distance people are doing. Um, so Gavin and Tailwind are sponsors, but Gavin is also running the big one. The big one, yes, taking on a challenge which... Uh Gears him, which as we often say is it could be a 5k, a 10k, whatever distance it is, uh, it's good to take on a challenge that gives you a bit of a scare to push you along. Yes, yeah, so Gavin doing the 450 and of course we're sort of in that stage of gearing up for the 300 which is uh, scares the heck out of us too. Yes, yeah, exactly. Being, uh, about 140 odd kilometres more than we've done before so you kind of think a bit like you run a mile, 100 miler and then you've got to turn around Pretty do much do it again. So that's that's interesting, um, and and uh, I suppose after, you know, having um, trained hard and and worked hard at it through the uh, the last couple of months, particularly building on our base from last year, this last sort of weekend ten days of starting to ease off. So I was going from about 110, 120 kilometres a week to uh, I think it's low fifties this week. Uh, this week gone by, and it'll be about the same this week. Uh, that stage of, oh, you know, sore leg, oh, I wonder if I've got a stress fracture. Oh, yes. and oh, uh, a bit of a dry throat. Oh, yeah, getting sick, all of that sort of stuff. And it does highlight the need for when you do get close to your big event for the year, that the need to taper off the work that you're doing, but also to take care of yourself and get adequate sleep, adequate rest, good diet, um, and you can only undo the good that you've done when it gets this close to an event. Yes, well, it is. It's. Um, I think I'm working hard on turning my 
extra energy that's coming from not running as much into uh, fine-tuning preparation for the event and doing some of those other tasks. Um, I saw my brain starts to work just a little bit better when it's a little bit less fatigued, so getting, getting some things done, which is good. Um, but there is quite a bit of fine-tuning preparation to be done, and of course, as the, the runner's uh, instruction manual came out last night, so again, that's fine-tuning you know, the final drink stops and uh, checkpoints and what's there and the, the last little nuances of the rules about what you've got to do and not do. So a um, good way to spend up some of the nervous energy is to to planning for all the different scenarios and getting everything ready. And having our last crew meeting. Yes, <laughs> crew meeting today and then and away we go. So that's, uh, that's the focus for today's episode. Now, before we get on, I think what I wanted to mention just, just briefly, um, and I suppose it, it's... Again, one of those lessons that you don't always think uh, of carrying forward from other parts of your life, or I don't, and, and probably stupidly so. And that is that last week we had the an upgrade of the software for my Sunto watch. And I was I thought I was quite careful because you know, one of the things with software is you know you, you back up and you you test and you make sure that you know you've got copies of everything before you upgrade the software just in case things go wrong. And they're, they're quite specific that. You know, you're going to lose the data in your watch, and I kind of took that to mean like my training log of that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't realise I have to resync everything. So just a little tip for people who might be might not yet have upgraded their their Sunto for the last thing. You know, one of the things you probably need to do is to resync. And of course, I I resync with my Moves Count app, which I thought was all I had to do. And, uh, and I tested it just on a little walk to make sure it was fine. And then when I actually went to run with it, I had to resync my heart rate monitor as well. So you've got to resync the heart rate monitor, you've got to resync the moves count thing. And of course, as is always the case, when you're heading out on your run and you haven't got something like that working, it just doesn't want to sync in a hurry. So I couldn't have my run without my heart rate monitor going. And then of course, rejigged it. And the first thing that did was it just sunk itself perfectly then when I didn't need it to, but in the heat of battle, it wasn't going to let me go. So if anyone um, is yet to do the upgrade, or as a reminder for next time, just... Uh, Allow yourself plenty of time. Extra time mm. and give it a test, not at the moment you're heading out to run, but in the lead-up to it, so that you... you know, the way that sort of thing kind of tends to work. All right, so also on the show today, uh, we're going to have a look at the news. Uh, we're going to uh, go to Ask Sue, and of course we'll finish off after we speak with Gavin with the road ahead. The Easter road ahead. Quick look at the events coming up. So, on that note... Over the shoulder. A quick review of last weekend's running. Well, on the local scene, we had two runs that uh, were got quite a bit of attention on social media, uh, mainly also, for, I think, for their beautiful scenery as well as anything else. Fantastic weather for the Mount Buller Sky Run and wonderful scenery up in the high country, but also beautiful blue skies, which just made things look a lot better after some pretty misty and maybe worrying conditions beforehand. Dave Byrne won the 45km event and Emma Rillen won the female event there. So that was the beautiful scenery up in as part of the La Sportiva mountain running series and very challenging events I'll say. Uh, another event that was on over the weekend 
was the Convicts and Wenches run down in Tassie, uh, 50 kilometres, 25 and 12. Again, beautiful photographs finishing along the beach and one by that perpetual duo of David Bailey and Amy Lamprecht, um, couple in real life and couple that win events quite consistently in that part of the world. Top Tessie runners. Yes, top Tessie runners, and both of them set course records on this uh, event and perfect race conditions. Could have been anything, who knows, but it was beautiful weather conditions. Talking about couples, another little news item caught my attention. In the Rock and Roll San Francisco Half Marathon, during which runners got to run across the Golden Gate Bridge, just on one side of the bridge, one running couple got married. They are uh, about halfway through the race and the bride was dressed in a white lycra running outfit and the groom in a painted tuxedo outfit. And they decided to tie the knot there and had their wedding reception in amongst the thousands of runners when they finished the race. Um, one way of well, perhaps I don't know. I wonder how, how the costs would go with that wedding. But there you are. That was an interesting little one there too. On a more serious note, the Palestine Marathon was run over the weekend too. And its theme of the right to movement highlighted the plight of uh, tens, hundreds of thousands of displaced Palestinians uh, who have been well, removed from their homeland as part of the separation. And there is a large separation wall that separates the West Bank um, with Israeli settlements and checkpoints and the demilitarized zone, all of this sort of area. And some 3,200 participants took part in these various events in the West Bank city of Bethlehem. And it was a celebration of being able to move through this area but also highlighting the areas that Palestinians are not allowed to go and race organisers couldn't find a single 42 kilometres of course that would be uninterrupted to allow Palestinians to run this event so two laps was required and it brought runners from all around the world and particularly through Europe that were well, not protesting exactly, but highlighting the plight of a lot of Palestinians in this part of the world. So that was a little bit more serious. Also on a serious note, cold weather is continuing to buffet northeast USA. And with lots of temperatures in the low 30s, races are being run in near freezing conditions in some parts of the country but also snow again in Boston and runners that are preparing for the Boston Marathon are still head, having to head out into the snow as part of their preparation for this iconic event. And it's not that far away, so they haven't got... Uh, hopefully the weather will pick up very quickly in that part of the world. A contrast to last weekend where we reported record temperatures in LA for the well, a couple of weeks ago for the LA Marathon. So real extremes with the weather and it does highlight again the way that uh, that can just affect people's races. Another thing that can affect people's races is a course change and a lot of news on social media and in the papers about the course change for Two Oceans, which is coming up next weekend. A return to the, now I'm not going to be able to pronounce this uh, Africana 
phrase very properly, they're going back to the course that was run from between 2000 and 2004, taking out the uh, highlight of the course from any runners, Chapman's Hill, or the hard part of the course, but putting in something even harder. And this course looks much steeper and much more steep on the ascent and the descent. And that's what local papers are advising runners that this is going to be a tougher run. And in fact, that's what a lot of social media was suggesting. This is going to be a much harder run. And advising runners to be much more conservative on the hills and to expect the times to be slower over this traditional course rather than the newer course. Uh, I'm not sure why they've returned to the course. I, I missed that one. But they're returning to that other course. So that will be interesting to see. And talking about faster times or slower times, um, Gentleman in the US, uh, Gary Morseman, has won three marathons in eight days. And this was a really interesting to note. They're not like shabby little marathons. These are quite. Run or one? One. 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 Yeah, one. Three marathons in eight days. This is like that guy from the uh, Big Bang Theory, whether you said one or one. Oh, one. One. You went run. Run. As in one, as in one. Yeah, wins. Came first. Shamrock Marathon. That's wonderful. In Virginia. It is wonderful. Wonderful running. And it's the Tobacco Road in North Carolina and Montgomery Marathon in Alabama. And he packed the family in the car and family goes with him to every race. Two small children and it was a road trip with a difference because Dad won all three events. Um, That's pretty much my news for the week. With Easter coming up, it'll be interesting to watch Two Oceans and see how the runners cope with the course. Bit of... um Interest on the social media over the last few days of the uh, Barclay Oh, marathon. yes, I thought you might be up with that. Um, I think a lot of people have seen the video that sort of did the rounds on very popular, particularly on Facebook. Um, this is the uh, very difficult to get into. I think they only have 20 runners a year, and uh, I think it's only like 12 people have ever finished it, or some very small amount. And, of course... Um, hard to get in, you've got to get a secret code and all that sort of thing. And a bit of, I suppose, local interest. There's a guy from New Zealand who I believe was going to Barclay to run. He was in it, and then he's coming back and he's running, I think, Buffalo Stampede on the way home. Anyway, um, cut the long story short, this year, no finishes. Whoa. No finishes. Best effort, I think, was um, a guy from the one I always can't pronounce their name, the ever, 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 the, the, the Oh, Arizona, Arizona based yep. running people put on Arizona, the base, one of, a lot of the, lot of the yep. great trail uh, events in Arizona. I think he got further, the furthest into the course, but um, nobody made it and never been a woman finish. There you go. Sorry. There you go. There you go. It won't be me. Years. I'm telling you now. I think I think you might struggle because it seems a bit of a couple of bits you got to climb up, and I think they're taller than than taller you. Taller than so me. You might yep. not be able to reach them to get up there. So that was that one. Um, and then the other thing was, was a bit of a sad note. We got a sad note, angry note. I don't know. Probably a bit of both. Uh, we got an email a few days ago to say that uh, BS Sports. Um, we did a show with the founder of an interview probably 18 months ago, as so they were doing their Kickstarter campaign mm. to get their funding and we put in uh, some dollars to get watches and things well two things happened one we never ever got our product so a bit reluctant about Kickstarter type technology things in the future just they never delivered so that was um, disappointing and probably part of the, what then led into the second thing was that they've collapsed they've 
run out of money, they've called Stumps, that's it. They've sent out the email to basically say the people who, who did get their watches that we're turning off the, the the website and all the data uploading and all that sort of stuff. So imagine if Garmin or Suntos turned around and said, we're no longer supporting yeah. the watch and you can't upload and use our Run Connect or Moose Count or whatever else that'd be it. So that's the end of Be A Sports and, uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll, people like us will get our money back. Well, I don't know what happens with us. I don't have to try and chase it up, but maybe it's a case of... So it's almost a fraud type credit card company thing because we put the money in and nothing happened. Yeah. Um, so the part of the thing was meant to be it was backed by our Kickstarter side it was backed by Amazon. So you, this sort of stuff wasn't meant to happen. So very uh, very ordinary. And um, your condolences to everybody who put their money in and got their watch. Well, I do know someone who did go to get a watch. So I'll have to chase Annie down and see how she's going with her watch. Well, she won't be young. Mm. She'll be young far with it for, for much longer now. No. So that is uh, the end of that one. And on that note, let's keep on motoring along. Ask Sue. Do you have a question you'd like answered? Why not send us a message, a tweet, or post your question on the Partner Running Facebook page? Take it away, Sue. Plantar fascia or plantar fasciitis is a recurring theme amongst runners. It doesn't seem to be that more than a month goes by when someone says to me, I've got really sore arches under my feet or I'm having trouble with plantar fasciitis or I've had to take time off running because I've developed plantar fasciitis. And on the weekend, same thing, someone asked me, what are some good stretches that I can do for plantar fasciitis? I've been doing the traditional way of the, the spiky ball roller under the arch of the foot. I've got a frozen drink bottle that I'm rolling on. I'm icing after every run. Uh, what do I need to do? What can I do to get over this horrible pain, which seems so small, but can absolutely affect your life to the point where getting out of bed each morning and trying to walk or walking distances after you've been driving the car or sitting down becomes agony. Now, gradually it eases off, but it does become agony. Well, I thought I'd revisit uh, plantar fasciitis and see what news or what technology or what latest research was coming about this debilitating condition for runners. Plantar fasciitis is, well, plantar fascia, first of all, is the tendon that runs between the toes and the heel and the arch of our foot. And it goes through a lot of stress as we run, particularly in the push-off phase of our running action. It ultimately affects somewhere around about 10% of runners at any time during their life uh, with various degrees of pain. With heel spurs and stress fractures, when you hit the ground or when you make contact, that's when you get the pain. But with plantar fasciitis, it's the push-off phase. So as we actually launch into our next step, that's when we get the pain. A quick test to see where you've got a heel spur or a stress fracture. If you walk on your toes, it's going to feel better for your foot. But if you land on your heel, it's going to feel worse with a plantar fasciitis. So that's a, a little little sort of quick test to see which you're actually suffering from and the stress fracture is obviously something worth uh, investigating or treating differently. 
It's often caused by fallen arches, or this is a traditional um, sport specialist suggestion that it's caused by fallen arches in in your foot, and that causes causes excessing dragging of the plantar fascia. Um, it's sort of basically a lowering of the arch of your foot. And there is a connection between low arches and plantar fascia. But the suggestion now, latest, latest research is kind of showing that it's more to do with a muscle that runs from your toes to your heel, not your, not your big toe, your second to fifth toes that is part of the cause of plantar fasciitis. When this muscle becomes very weak and doesn't work properly, it predisposes a runner to get plantar fasciitis. And that gives us a slightly different treatment and stretch option, which has proven to be very successful. Now, this muscle that runs from your toes to your heel is called the flexor digitorum brevis, or FDB. So this is what we want to try and strengthen and that is in effect going to help the plantar fascia work better. Now the plantar fascia is under load when we run and sometimes about seven times the weight of the runner in the push-off phase, that's how much force is being pushed through this, this uh, area of our body. So if we can have a quicker push-off phase and a stronger push-off phase with that muscle, the FDB, we're going to uh, decrease the load through the plantar fascia. So by strengthening this muscle, we're going to improve the performance of our plantar fascia and take the load off the plantar fascia. So let's look about at how we can do this. Um, by working with this muscle, a couple of strengthening exercises. One of them is to actually put uh, one of those therabands or a large sort of uh, plastic band almost um, under the, the toes, second to fifth, and try and pull down as quickly as you can. So you're trying to improve the firepower of those little muscles. Interestingly, a quick test to see whether you've got weak FDB and that's what's causing your plantar fascia is to put, this is the suggestion anyway, a business card under second to fifth toes and push down firmly and try and get someone to pull it out from under your toes. If they can do it easily, it means you've got weak muscles that you don't actually grip very well with those toe muscles. If they struggle to, it means that your muscles are quite strong there and maybe your plantar fascia is being caused by another weakness. But strengthening exercises for the toes, and this is something new, as well as doing your stretches for the plantar fascia, the traditional ones, work on strengthening exercises for these toes. So if you are wearing a night splint for plantar fascia to help calf tightness, then also put a little roll of a foam or something like that under the toes, the two to five toes, and try and push them up more. So you're actually working on stretching two to five toes rather than just through the big toe. Also stretching the big toe is another good way of working through your plantar fascia. So we used to just pull back the foot and try and stretch all of that area. Now it's suggested to pull back just the toe uh, for hold for 10 seconds, 30 times a day. So actually working on your toes, not just treating the arch of the foot, is a way of overcoming um, plantar fascia. Another suggestion is if you're a forefoot or midfoot striker as you run, 
is to try and slightly change your running gait and to hit heel first or focus on heel first running to take the load off that arch of the foot and avoid heels. Also to decrease um, the length of your stride, to increase your cadence, to try and take quicker running steps over a smaller distance. Another big one to avoid minimalist shoes during a chronic plantar fasciitis. And with massage, uh, massage is suggested particularly with the toe area and working on the trigger points for the big toe and arches around the toe area rather than just doing the stretches alone, put in massage as well. So just a couple of new things to think about for sufferers of plantar fascia. Look at your toe strength for your toe muscles and also look at big toe stretching something that uh, is a plantar fascia sufferer. I've just done the traditional rolling uh, of the arch of the foot without really paying attention to strengthening my toe muscles and the speed of contraction. So if you are a PF sufferer, get out there and work on your FDB, your flexor digitorum brevis. That was the Ask Sue segment of the Partner Running Show. If you have a question for Sue, please post it on the Partner Running Facebook page or email us at radio at partnerrunning.com. You're listening to the Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by partnerrunning.com and the Partner Runner magazine. Today on the Partner Running Show, we are thrilled to be catching up with our very special guest, uh, Gavin Markey, who, amongst other things, is the uh, the main person for Tailwind, that is a Tailwind representative in, in uh, Australasia. Um, but Gavin is also an accomplished ultra runner. And uh, part of the, well, there's two reasons really why we wanted to catch up with Gavin. First of all, Tailwind is one of the major sponsors for the Anzac Ultra, which we've uh, spoken to Phil and uh, Rebecca about in the past. Uh, it's the Anzac Ultra coming up uh, straight after Easter. And uh, Gavin is also, as well as being a sponsor, is participating in the 450 kilometre run. So, Gavin, welcome to the Partner Running Show. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. Fantastic. And um, we've been keen to catch up with you for a while to talk about tailwind and it's kind of all yep. come together nicely to be able to sort of talk about the the two topics at once but before we we get into to tailwind and then a little bit about the anzac ultra one yep. of the things that we uh, often like to do on the partner running show is start out with our partner running dash as a nice way to get to know the runner uh, that we're Indeed. talking to about before we get on and talk to the sort of the the running expert that we've we've also Perfect. Part of the same so <laughs> I'm, we'll get... I'm not very good at dashing, though. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's, um... I'll try. <laughs> this will be a PB for you. Don't worry. Perfect. Over to you, Sue. Okay. Well, let's get started. Question number one: Pre-run snack. Um, nothing particular. Uh, coffee, I guess. Coffee every so often. Mm-hmm. Preferred exercise drink. Uh, tailwind, of course, or water. Favorite running shoes? um, If I'm going long hocker, if I'm going short, then Salomon. Favorite running socks? I always run in an Asics socks. You get them from Rebel Sports. I think you're buying packs of four. That's my favorite. Shorts or tights? Uh, Combination of the 
two are where the Salomon ones, where it's the tights inside the shorts. <laughs> Is that cheating? Mm, okay. That's <laughs> uh, cap or not? Um, peak. How long have you been running? Um, 2004 was my first ultra, and then I took a three-year break, and so 2007 started up again. Mm-hmm. Watch, apps, or naked? Ooh, watch. Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garmin or GPS or heart rate monitor? Uh, I, I use a Garmin heart rate monitor for my training. Mm-hmm. Training diary or not? Yes, definitely. Favourite event? To watch, uh, favourite event would be Western States Endurance Run. Um, to partake in would be the GNW 100 miler. Favourite run training activity? Mm, downhill technical fast. <laughs> prefer, <laughs> without, falling, without falling. Without falling. <laughs> uh, prefer, prefer alone or with a partner? Um, running with my wife. I enjoy that. Yep. Music or silent? Can I break it up? Um, I'd say 70% music, 20 uh, sorry, 20, 60, 70% nothing, 20% would be podcasts, and 10% would be music. Longest run? 175Ks. How many times do you run per week? Five or six. What is your favourite cross-training activity? Um, just keeping up with my children. I think that's plenty of cross-training for me. <laughs> do you acknowledge other runners? Absolutely. Your next event? Would be the Anzac Ultra, starting next week. Your running goal? Running goal would be to try and complete the perfect race, so where you nail everything, your training, the race strategy, race plan and nutrition all in one. That would be a running goal. If, you know, even if you come last, it's that perfect race when you're finished. Cool. Do you Facebook, tweet or blog your running? Um... Not that often. Um, I, if I do anything, it might be on Facebook. I do stalk a lot of other running uh, clubs and things on Facebook. Why do you run? Whew, that's a difficult one. Um, probably to feel alive and to connect uh, w- with nature and myself. Um, I guess it's like meditation. Your favourite running song? Would be Right Here, Right Now by Fatboy Slim. Your favourite running book? Um, Finding Ultra by Rich Roll. Post-run treat? Plenty of chocolate. (laughs) And uh, for Easter, um, your your run inspiration? Um, I think run inspiration would be any time I see anyone cross the finish line, regardless of if they've just finished one kilometre or a hundred miler, that look on their face just... It really is inspiring. Well, Devin, thank you very much for completing the Partner Running Dash. 26 Perfect. quick questions. Absolute pleasure. In a PB. In a PB. <laughs> you are. I, think it, 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 I really love doing that, that uh, sort of dash through the questions and, and you get some similar answers and you get some very different answers. And, mm. and most people have at least one or two that they have a really kind of unique take on it. The one that really... Uh, extra specially stood out for me there was your answer on the, um, the I think it was running goal about the perfect race 
Yes. Yeah, 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 that resonated yeah. with me too. Haven't, I haven't, haven't had, had, that one. No. Yeah, had that one or close to that one before. That was and, oh. and, I, and as soon as you said it, I thought, yeah, I, that makes perfect sense. The idea of when it all comes together. It does, and it's and it's such I, a rare thing. It it would be, and I you know touch. I, I hope that I have that one day. I really do. I think that's what we strive for. Every time we go out training, it's you're training so that when it comes that race day you've done all the hard work and everything falls into place and the trail gods look after you and the stars align and you just get across that finish line going wow that was incredible yeah. I think yep. that's yep. that would be something to look back on and go that's it I've achieved it yeah. but whether you whether you come in last or not it doesn't matter no that's it's right your, it is your it's per- a very race. much personal thing I, mm. yeah I have to take that to heart yeah <laughs> all right Let's get on and... And, um, and mine's going to happen next week, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's not going to be any dull moments or That's poor right. moments. It's all going to be wonderful. Oh. Yes, well, if, you, if, if you're ever going to get it, why not get it in something like the Anzac Ultra? That would be a good Absolutely. time, well, actually, good, good time for it to happen. Um, now, Gavin, let's get on and talk a bit about Tailwind. So first yep. of all, um, maybe just as a bit of an introduction, what is, what is Tailwind? So Tailwind is a... Um, a fuel source for for athletes that combines their fuel and their electrolytes for their events. Um, it's a powder-based uh, fuel, so you mix it in with your water, so therefore you're ensuring you stay on top of your, your hydration at the same time. Cool. Um, and I suppose the next question was... How, how was it developed yeah. and why, yeah? Well, it was developed by Jeff Feeling across in Durango, um, Colorado, He's a mountain biker who um, we know the Hard Rock 100 miler as a running race, but there they do the Leadville and the Hard Rock, uh, or po- portion of the Hard Rock as well as mountain biking. And his favourite event out of those was the Leadville race. And he was tired of always finishing a race, um, bringing up whatever he's taken on and not being able to take on his nutrition. He thought there's got to be a better way of taking on nutrition during racing. So he started doing research playing around and after a year of breaking I think it was 16 blenders he went through he um, finally came up with the right formula and started using it and had great success he then passed out to his cycling club members who they started having great success and they all said right you need to develop this further and here we are today now in Australia and I suppose that's the cycling component but it's become a really popular fuel source for runners as well and Absolutely. next question I suppose is well what type of runners are using Tailwind and, and for what types of events too? I mean my passion is ultra running so I guess when when I brought Australia, uh, Tailwind into Australia my initial focus was for ultra running I'm not taking into account all the other sports that would benefit from using Tailwind so uh, you know I've introduced it to my ultra running friends and through that through their cross training or, or however they've done, they've introduced it to um, triathletes, uh, stand-up paddleboarders, long-distance kayakers, um, mountain bikers. But the type of runners that use the product have grown now just from ultra runners to people that are for the first time doing an event. If they're running a 10, 10K, um, people are using it for their high-intensity efforts. So it, it really is a broad, broad spectrum of, of people that... Um, instead of taking other forms of, of nutritional fuel, are now finding it a lot easier just to mix a bottle up and sip as they're going for their run. Yeah, well, I mean, is that how you, how would you use Tailwind? Is that how you'd use it? Absolutely. I, we, I always um, recommend to everyone, if you're going to be going out for an hour and a half, um, you shouldn't need anything 
for an hour and a half if it's a moderate intensity. So just a, you know, a few sips of water here and there. Your body should have enough glycogen stores and be able to use the available fuel in, inside you to be able to get you through that hour and a half at a moderate intensity. If, however, you're going to be doing high intensity or a hill work or a, um, a high tempo session, start fueling from the beginning. Or if you're going to be going out for an hour and a half or longer, start fueling from the, the beginning of your event. Mix it into your, your hydration and just keep sipping through your, event, uh, your training session or event. And that way you'll keep your fuel system topped up the whole way. So Gavin, we've, we've known people to, um, I suppose, mix tailwind at, at varying degrees of, of strength, yep. I suppose. And then all yep. the way from, from sort of, I suppose, uh, only a small part tailwind and, and predominantly water, Yes. Through, through to people who've almost made like a, a gel type mix and had it in like a soft flask and, and say had, they've had water on the back yep. and then they've just had like they're in sort of very very thickly mixed tailwind. Um, yep. Is that part, part of the beauty of it that you can use it in the different ways? It is. I think one of the things that people are realising is that we're all individuals and thank goodness we are. Um, so therefore how can you have one fuel source that suits everyone? Um, and that's the beauty of tailwind is that you can make it work for you so our systems or the human body can only digest between 200 200 and 300 calories per hour during exercise regardless how much you take on or how much you're burning we're probably burning 700 to 900 calories an hour during our exercise but we can't physically digest that much so we recommend everyone start off at 200 calories or two scoops per hour in however much fluid they're going to drink now, some people prefer to drink, uh, keep the fuel source separate to their water, so they might mix a concentrate uh, bottle um, and then sip on that while keeping the hydration levels up by you drinking from their water. Um, I personally mix it in my um, bladder or my bottles and do all in one so that way every time I'm taking a sip I don't have to concentrate separately on am I fueling am I doing this as long as I know I'm sipping when I'm thirsty I'm staying on top of my fuel electrolytes and hydration now we do have people that say how do I I'm going out for a six hour run and there's no way to store anything along the way what are your suggestions a simple way is you know if you take a soft flask or a bottle as a separate thing you can mix up six hours worth in the concentrate divide that bottle in six and then every hour just squeeze out whatever you need into your bladder or into the other bottles that you're sipping um, your normal fuel rate as you're going rather than having to mix a powder as you go. Yep. Um, so mm. there's lots of different ways of doing it. And we are, you know, as I said, we're individuals, which is great. So people coming up with new ways all the time. Okay, I know like for when we did uh, Hong Kong 100, what we did was we, we just took the little sealed bags yep. that, we, yep. that we'd broken down to our... I think we, had, we were running three scoops for our... Uh, pack on that. Yep. So we just took with us on the run the little satchels, and when we got to the point where we needed to to refill, it was easy to put the tailwind in with the water provided at the at the checkpoint. That's right. And away we went. Yeah. And and, and that's a great thing that you bring up there is those the the single packs. It's an example of how the guys in America, both Jenny and Jeff, have actually really thought about it. If you notice on those packs that tear off, it forms a funnel. So you only tear off half the lid. So they've actually thought about, well, hang on, how are you going to pour something out into another smaller lid? So they've created a funnel when you pour it out. So they, I love how they take on advice and people that have used the product come back with advice and say, can you do this? And they listen and, and adapt it for that. Nice. That's um, yeah, before we, we get in and talk a bit about 
some of the flavours and things. Um, yeah. I think it was a, a, a kind of as you were describing there, it reminded me of me when we first uh, used Tailwind. A lot of our friends had been sort of saying, oh, it's great because you don't need to use any, um, I suppose, hard food type thing. Yeah. You can just do your whole <laughs> race on Tailwind. Correct. And what we've we subsequently discovered that we, uh, after about 12 hours, I reckon, we we found that we needed to have some solid food mm-hmm. and so this notion that you can't whilst you can use tailwind and only tailwind that doesn't yep. necessarily work for everybody so for, no. for others tailwind is, is a great source of energy and hydration but you then can combine that with in our case we eat muesli bars it's a, it's a whole solid food it's good um, sustainable sort of energy and we then find that with the mix of a little bit of solid plus the tailwind that we can go sort of you know 24 hours on that kind of a, an approach absolutely that you know a lot of people find that they want to chew something yep. um, yeah. whether it be nuts or as you say a bar or anything like it bananas are a favorite um for people to chew on there's nothing wrong with that and you know we encourage people we say look listen to your body your body will tell you what it needs so if, if you feel like chewing in something grab something and chew it just bearing in mind that for that hour, if, if you've already taken on your 300 calories and you, say, have a bar that's another 220 calories or 200-odd calories, that's 500 calories in that hour. So you can't keep doing that because you will end up with GI issues. Yep. So as long as you keep that balance in mind and you will listen to your body, you'll be fine. And, and th- 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 that's the secret, I guess, is listening to what your body's telling you. And then adapting accordingly. So in our case, what, what we've learned to do is we, we take a weaker blend of water and yep. tailwind yep. and we've we've then factored it back in that okay there's going to be you know the, the the half a muesli bar per hour which is going to be 100 calories and so our our um our tailwind strength is going to be modified accordingly so brilliant. that we're not we're not overloading overloading yeah Ab- absolutely brilliant yeah, okay. and, yep. and that's, I'm glad using it in the correct manner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's good. So I suppose we should, we'll move on. To, let's ask about the flavours. The flavours is because there's yeah, some, some great selections. Important. What's, what's right. available for people? What's available for people is, I, I guess, our, our most favourite or most popular flavour is the naked. I guess people love running naked. Um, the naked flavour is an unflavoured version. So while there's still a taste, it's not one particular flavour. We've got lemon flavour, um, which I guess during a hot day is my favourite. Having that citrus flavour just gives you a bit more of a, a refreshing taste. Mandarin orange is another po- very popular one. There's berry and raspberry. Now, raspberry is our caffeinated version, so there's a number of people that use that towards the back end of a race or the middle of the night just as that extra pickup and wake me up. Um, so there's five fla- flavours available and... I guess it does add variety to people. Um, there's some people that only stick on one flavour. There's others that do combine the flavours. They might mix a scoop of naked and a scoop of lemon to make it a half um, or diluted lemon flavour. Um, people mix it with uh, chamomile tea, green tea. They mix the naked into that. So it, it is pretty adaptable too to what your tastes are. Yeah, I hadn't uh, thought about that, Kevin. So you yeah. can mix it with other drinks like tea a- or... Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, okay. No, I d- didn't. Yeah. It even occurred to me that you could do that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the, the green tea is very, very refreshing. So if, if you mixed um, two scoops of Naked into 500 mils of green tea, you've got the green tea flavour, which is refreshing, especially if you can you know, have it cold. There's not always races where you can have it cold, but if you could freeze it 
and then have that sort of three hours into your race. It's a really refreshing um, uh, on your palate. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that sounds really something. And that, yeah. Another that, good way to do it. Another good way, yeah. That's yeah, that's right. The, oh. the, other, the other trick that I do is, um, so if I'm going out for a longer run, I've got a litre and a half in my backpack and then two 500 uh, bottles in my chest uh, pockets. I'll actually, the night before, lay my bladder down in the freezer so that it freezes pretty flat and have that in the back. So I'm then drinking two cold bottles that have been in the fridge all night, so that gives me two hours. And usually after two hours of running, the, the one in the backpack has started to thaw out. So I've got ice cold drinks two hours into a race or a training run. And... Um, that is one of the best feelings ever. When everyone else's drinks are warm, yours are frozen. It is beautiful. Oh, oh there's, there's another pearl of wisdom. Yes, another pearl of wisdom. We're just uh, taking notes Take here. Note. You can't see us, but we've got the pens out. Definitely have to paper go. And, uh, Give and, that one a try. Yeah. One thing to remember as well, if your listeners might help or learn from this, a bit of advice that was given to me um, when I first started. I never knew how much was in my backpack. So how much do you know when you've consumed, if you're planning on drinking 500 mils an hour, how do you know when you can't see your, your bladder how much you've gone through? And it was told to me to fill my bladder at home in, with 500 mils, sip and spit it out and count how many sips it's taken to finish that 500 mils. So for me, it's 12 to 15. Now, during a race, there's no way in heck that I'm going to remember 12, you know, what I'm counting up to. Mm. But at least I'll have a ballpark. So I might get up to nine, start chatting to someone else, fill into another conversation, get lost, and then go, uh, what was I up to? I'll start at 10. At least I know I'm roughly on that 500 mil a- a- an hour. So if, if you're running with bladders, that's a little bit of help. That's a good idea. Another another great tip for people mm. to... Yes, we'll have, have to put together a collection of <laughs> ultra runners. And yes, I haven't heard that one before. Ultra mm. runners love talking to you. We've got to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, again, one of the things we know is that people sometimes, whilst they're, they're listening to us, depending on where they're listening, um, not so much if they're out listening while they're running on the podcast, but if they're at a computer, they sometimes like to check people out whilst we're talking to them. So we should uh, give yep. the, the sort of... the the web addresses and things. So the main main spot for people to go to, um, correct me if I'm if I got this wrong, but it's tailwindnutrition.com.au. Yep, perfect. That's that's the website, and of course yep. we'll have the link from this episode of the Partner Running Show to just click on if you didn't get that down. But tailwindnutrition.com.au, and then um, I think they can also find you on Facebook and Twitter. Would that be right? Correct, absolutely. So the, the other website as well, if they just type in Tailwind Nutrition, you can come up with the .com one, which is the US site. Right. That redirects you to Australia. Um, Facebook is um, Tailwind Nutrition Australia. And uh, Twitter is um, at, at Go Tailwind. So, so there you go, a couple of spots and we'll have the links there. Yeah. So people want to um, find out more and read all about them. There's an interesting case study, at least one there that I, that I know was, was really helpful for us getting started. Um, yeah. In terms of ordering, now I think you now in Australia have a bit of a, a, a mix of both the website, but you also have some locations for people to go to. So Absolutely. for most of us, the website's the one we know. So how do people go about ordering on the website? Uh, just onto the website, just hit the order button and it'll take you through to the, the shop. They can click on that, um, choose what they want, um, gets sent out that day. It usually takes between um, two to three days for delivery. Western Australia does take slightly longer, which we apologise for, but there's not much we can do about that. Um, if somebody is in a, a dire straits emergency because they've forgotten to order and the race is the next day, we can arrange next day delivery. Otherwise, New South Wales, head off to 
um, or just on the website there's our list of retailers they're welcome to click on the retailers it'll take them straight there in the local area unfortunately at this stage though we've got haven't got anyone in melbourne or adelaide but we have in all the other capital cities so um, we will work towards melbourne and adelaide coming down there soon um, now, one of the things that I think uh, from memory, there are different sizes that you can order. Is it a medium and yep. a large? Is that right? Yep. So the large one is a 50 serve pack, and that will give you, working on the two scoops per hour, about uh, 25 hours worth of fuel. The, there's the 30 serve or medium bag, which will give you about 15 hours of fuel. And then there's the uh, stick packs, which um, on the website is a variety stick pack, which is one of each flavor. So you get five stick packs, and inside each one of them is two scoops or, t- or an hour's worth of fuel. And there's no, no problems in, of course, shipping Tailwind internationally? No, people that not are at all. Other places. No, um, and again, our, I suppose our little tip, um, as as done quite a bit of travel in our time and just you're always looking to ways to avoid any sort of hassles um you know when we went from melbourne to hong kong recently to race yep. one of the things we did was we bought uh, a full fresh pack yep. sealed yes and so you know we de- we declared it as we were going through but if there was going to be any questions about why we're going through with this bag of white powder or was it, <laughs> it, was, it was completely sealed there yep. for them to see and, and i think it's just again you've, you've got nothing to worry about but if you no. just make sure you take a, a an unopened, fresh um, thing when you when you are travelling internationally, it just can can yep. you know, might save you a few questions and make Absolutely. it a bit easier. Absolutely. I mean, we've had people going through Malaysia, not packing it in a boogie board, of course, but as long as it's, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's a sealed packet, there's no issues. We have had a, a couple of athletes flying to France and Europe, and they've forgotten that they've actually opened their packet, but you know, there's no issue at all. The customs they just explained what it was, and they said that's fine. Way way through yeah. you go. Yep. So you know, but as you say, to save the issue, a sealed pack is always best. Now, yeah. some of the advantages of all the reasons why you would use Tailwind compared to maybe some of the other things which, which people ha- have struggled with and haven't been successful with. What, what stands right. out as the key reasons? I, think, I guess the key reason for me in particular is the simplicity and the ease of it. You know, I, I can do an event or a trail run and just purely focus on the event because it's natural just to keep sipping your, your, your liquid. Um, you know, the moment you feel thirsty, you take a sip, and therefore you you are staying on top of your hydration. I know that each hour I've gone through 500 mils, which means I've stayed on top of it. Whereas if I was, you know, previous before I'd come across Tailwind, I was y- using other forms of fuel, and it would be right every 20 minutes. Have I done this? Have I taken that? Have I done? So your whole race is so much energy and effort is spent on focusing on are you up to date with everything that, rather than relying on just sitting back relaxing and enjoying your event so I guess that would be the main um, advantage I guess of Tailwind other than it does not cause GI issues you know it's it's a simple fuel source it doesn't require any extra from your body to digest Um, so we haven't had people with GI issues um, using Tailwind, whereas they've come from other fuel sources where they've continuously had GI issues, started using Tailwind, and bang. I mean, last year at the North Face 100, I was contacted by a guy uh, three days before the event said, look, he knows you should never use anything new on the uh, on race day, but he's always suffered from GI issues, and he's just come across it. Would I recommend using it? I said, well, as long as you trust in how I tell you to do it and only fuel on Tailwind, not take on absolutely nothing else, he did it and ended up with a PB for the North Face, 
without getting sick. So it, it is a product that works. It's, it's, um, I, I just want people to really enjoy their experiences. Okay. So it's probably worth just pointing out that, it, that um, you know, it's gluten, wheat, soy, dairy-free. Yep, um, absolutely. And so for, for people who have intolerances or, or issues, or and, I mean, so we're finding with those things that sometimes it, it really upsets people, but other times it just takes the edge off and undermines their performance. So, yes. you know, it, it, you might want to um, go to Tailwind and remove those things, not so much because you're allergic to them, but because they're just going to hold you back a little bit. This might just give you a couple of percent imp- improvement. So yeah, absolutely. That, that because at, at the end of the day, we do this for enjoyment. So why do you want to spend all of that time training and then come race day, you hate it because you're not able to fully enjoy that experience? Okay, now one, one of the other challenges, uh, Gavin, for, for ultra runners, but also for, for shorter distance people yep. sometimes when you've got to put the bottle in the day before and all that sort of stuff yep. Is, yep. is the pre-mixing. So how long um, before you use it can you pre-mix your you tailwind? You can pre-mix it up to three days beforehand. Um, you know, keep it refrigerated. Um, it's fully dissolvable in, in water. So I think that's people's biggest surprise when they first mix it in. They look at it and go, well, hang on, this is just water sitting there. But it, it dissolves fully, so which is quite amazing. Um, the uh, Sorry, my son's just walked in. <laughs> so up to three days before the event, um, I, I have... Um, you know, left in my backpack for for longer, and but we don't advocate that. And I've used it, you know, seven days later, forgetting about it. But that, so there are no issues down the track. It's just we say three days would be the best option for you beforehand. Yeah, I think that's a good one to know because we've done that too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is easy to do, but it's handy to to be able to know that there is a sort of element of absolutely. I, I think that that also makes such a, a relief on, on race day you know you see a lot of people on race morning stressed out of their heads because they've got to get this done they've got to get that done whereas if you've mixed it two days before and you know that okay that's checkpoint four or that's checkpoint five or say to your crew um you know this is what i'm going to be using when i get there i'll hand you two bottles you hand me these two and i'm out of there yeah. on race day they're not focusing on that they're focusing on enjoyment the atmosphere of the start line they're taking pictures because they're not worried about what's going to come down the track or have to mix up at the last minute what they're going to be needing to drink yep. or, or to eat. So whether it's, whether it's your marathon and you've got to put in your, your, your one bottle for, yeah, the, for a point along the way or whether it's, you know, it's an ultra and you're putting in your drop Checkpoint bag bags, yeah, yeah. Um, or whether mm-hmm. it's just mixing it up for your own crew-type thing. And yeah, you've got too. all those options, which is, is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, now, now, Gavin, I think the last of the things which we had wanted to ask you about was... Um, Again, helping it, making it easier for people. You've got a thing called the Tailwind Challenge. What's yes. that about? Okay, well, the Tailwind Challenge is, I guess, um, Tailwind's way of, of backing its product and saying, look, we'll put our money where our mouth is. So we say to you, if you take on the Tailwind Challenge, which is purchasing four large bags um, of Tailwind and use it for your training and leading into an event and your event, if it doesn't... Um, help you during that event in the uh, in the enjoyment the fulfillment of that event then we'll reimburse you of your race fee sorry um up to 170 dollars of that race fee um back to you no questions asked excepting we will ask you for a um a report on what you found during that race experience yeah. fantastic mm. uh, i think it's um 
I always like looking for and discovering different people who are serious about their guarantees because it makes such a difference. And you really are saying to people, you know, you can use this because it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, then we don't want to take your money. We're going to give you your money back. So yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. A um, little bit like our own sort of for the coach, our coaching people where it's if you don't get the finish line, then you get your money back. That's right. in the business of getting you there. Well, um, exactly. And, and we're in the business of helping people. You know, for a lot of people, a, a 10K is a lifelong dream. Yep. Um, mm. or, 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 you know, and, and we want to help them achieve it and, and in, enjoy achieving that. So that's why we say, look, take take the challenge and it will help you get there. Fantastic. Shall we move on to Anzac Ultra? Yes, why not? Yes. This is the this is the uh, the big excitement that's occupying our minds, and I'm sure it's occupying your mind at the Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. A week away, virtually. Um, yeah, so, so first yes. of all, uh, Gavin, Tailwind is one of the sponsors for the Anzac Ultra. So how did you how did you get involved, and what and why? Well, when I first heard of the Anzac Ultra, I thought you know, just the whole concept and idea behind it to uh, reenact the Kui March and and pay tribute to those that. Have, have, have given their lives and their time to, to allow us to do what we're able to do and the freedom to go trail running, to go enjoy our lives the way we want to. Um, I, I thought it'd be nothing better than getting behind an event like that and supporting them. Um, and, and the more I've got involved, the, the more enjoyment I've got out of it. Uh, through, I guess, through Phil's involved uh, organisation and the other people involved in it. It's just a brilliant, brilliant concept to, to thank those um, that gave us what we've got today. Sure. Okay, so specifically then, how, how is Tailwind involved? Okay. How were we involved? So we are uh, providing, um, besides some prizes at, at the finish line, we're providing um, on-course nutrition for all the runners. Um, we're also providing, I think, something that's dear to my heart is a something called a Spirit Award, which won't be given until the end because it's the award that um, the runners themselves or the crews nominate someone to win that award and it's for someone that has either stopped their race or given up part of their event to support someone else um, to, because I believe that's what the running community is about is supporting each other so th that's one of the ways we get involved is try and encourage that spirit of community and support like the Anzacs had um, so th that's how we're involved. Fantastic. Yeah. But you're also involved yourself as a competitor too. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I guess out of everything I've learned is I should have asked my wife if I could enter before I entered. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, I, I, you know, besides wanting to, to be, get behind an event like this and support it, I thought, you know, that it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see if I could do it. And it is a massive challenge. It's it's not like a traditional race where you know it's going to be over in two hours, 10 hours, 30 hours, 40 hours. You don't know. We don't know what's going to happen after two or three days of being out there. And that is the challenge. And I, I would like to see... see what I have in me and, and who is underneath there, I guess. That, that's why I'm entering. So you're, you're in the 450 kilometre asset, asset now? Correct. Is, the, Correct. The, 
I was going to say the full Monty, but it's... Uh, it's the lone, the lone Pine, I believe, to give it its full title, the, Lions, yes. the Lone Pine event, yep. yeah, which is just absolutely massive. But, I mean, I suppose apart from, from that, there's also, well, how have you gone about training for it once you did decide to enter? Absolutely. So the, the, the training, um, I guess the way I've gone about it is very different to, say, for example, the GNW 100 miler. I probably haven't done as big a mileage uh, as the 100 miler and, and I know that sounds strange but I've been more consistently running and the biggest difference in my training that I've done for this is everything has been mental training so on the mirror in our bathroom in the shower screens um, in the cupboards everywhere is finish Anzac Ultra 450 kilometers so that when you wake up tired that's the first thing you see every training run I do it is mental focus how am I going to feel during the race if it's this if it's that when I'm at this stage of the race what am I going to do how am I going to everything has been mental focus so that hopefully on the day when I'm that exhausted and I can't think for myself that that subconscious kicks in and goes just keep moving Mm. so that's one of the things I've tried to really change and, and focus on for this event. I think one of the best bits of advice is uh, I think it was on a, a, um, a hard rock clip. It was the toughest distance that any ultra runner can ever run or any runner can ever do is six inches. And it's the six inches between your ears because that's what's going to stop you, not your body. So that's what I've been focusing on. It's wonderful. Take some that to some heart. Great, some great yeah. uh, insights and, and advice there. Yeah. So in terms then of... Um, I mean, we sort of covered this in some ways, but specifically yep. in terms of using Tailwind for people, whether they're doing the the 150, the 300, or the, or the yep. 450, uh, any suggestions or thoughts on, on how Tailwind's going to help people get around the course? Absolutely. So we will, um, I, I guess Phil is still deciding if we're going to have Tailwind at every single checkpoint because there's a number of checkpoints that are not manned. Yep. And mm-hmm. so we don't know... Um, you know, we can say we can have it there, but will it get nicked <laughs> at yeah. three o'clock in the morning? And it's not going to be there. However, there are two manned checkpoints, so there will definitely be tailwind there, so that the runners don't have to send their crews to those checkpoints. They can just fill their bladders or their bottles up from there and keep moving. So it gives their crew a bit of relief, um, because at the end of the day, it's it's yes, it's the one person running, but it is a team yeah. to make that help that one person or those people get through the, that event. So the, the best use of it is try and plan how long it's going to take you between checkpoints and let your crews know to mix up that, that quantity. And then when you get to that man checkpoint, it will be pre-mixed there at 200 calories uh, or two scoops per 500 mils. So it's in that quantity. They can just fill up and keep going. Yeah, and then and then bear that in mind if you do need to dial or go for a slightly more direct Correct. mix if right. you're having some solid food to break over two or three days or more. Yes, that maybe you do need to. Yeah. Yep. Now, of course, you're going to have. Uh, I suspect many many of the people that are running with Tailwind are going to say, "Well, that's fantastic that it's there, but I'm I've actually just." I'm looking after all myself. I've got, I've got my yep. own brew, yep. and um, you know I've got my order in and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you mentioned there that it, it is um, two or three days is usually the sort of the shipping time. So yep. people get an order in quickly now. Um, Absolutely, they, they might still mm. get it in time. Particularly, yeah, or, particularly or if, if they're not if they're doing anything other than the 450, it's still going to ship in time. 
Absolutely, and, and I will be taking a lot down as well because I know that people might run out or, um, you know, if, 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 if they want to send us a note, I can bring extra down for them. That's, that's no issue at all. Perfect. Great. So. Um, any other tips for people taking on, whether, it's, whether it is the, the Lone Pine 450, the Johnson's Jolly 300 or yep. the Quinn's Post 150? I guess I guess the the, the the first and best tip ever is just keep smiling <laughs> because <laughs> there's not much else. <laughs> if you're smiling, it's tricking your body to say that everything else is good and you're there to enjoy it. So why not smile? The the second tip would be um, my favourite saying is six P's: prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Um, if you can focus on those come race day or during that race you've covered all the angles you're then not doing anything new when you're doing that race you're then just enjoying it you're enjoying the atmosphere the company of others the scenery even though it's loops you'll enjoy the scenery again again and again and again hopefully six times um, and that'll get you through yeah and I think I think you sort of you've mentioned that in a number of different ways throughout the interview <laughs> and it's something which we talk about a lot and what the, the context or the, the words we use is to Think about all the different scenarios. Think about all the different things which might happen, good and not so good, yep. and have an answer worked out for them in advance, so that you're not having to, in essence, make decisions on the run because you you already know that. Aha! It's yep, starting it to happens. it's starting to snow. Correct. Correct. This is what I'm going to do. Ah. I think I think one of the the great um, things that I got out of a podcast to listen to was it was the psych. Um, uh, psychology guy that was taking on the um, the American Winter Olympics uh, team and he, he said to them you know when that's that time during hurt you all know it's going to happen but if you can quantify that and give it a name so I, I give mine a name Leroy and when, you know it's going to happen <laughs> why Leroy don't know but you know it's going to happen so when Leroy comes, you go, hey, Leroy, it's taking you a bit longer than last time. How are you going? Look, I'm not interested in talking to you today. Just go away. I'm fine. If you can quantify it, you can then put that out of your head. Yep. Whereas if you just keep lingering it, you start to dig deeper and deeper and it becomes a bigger issue. So try and quantify it. And that's what you're doing by visualizing before the event. So when it comes up, it happens. The other bit of advice that I was given was um, ultra runners a good ultra runner is one that is adaptable so even though you've gone through these things in your head <laughs> something may go wrong that your crew are not at that checkpoint and they've taken a wrong turn or touch wood they haven't but they've had a flat tire or something don't let that get you down be adaptable go right what else can i do let's be a macgyver let's change this let's do that and work through it rather than become a big issue because especially over six days those little issues can become massive and that's what could stop you yes no snowballing of, uh, yes, of pain yeah. or, or, uh, or issues. Yes, absolutely. Magnificent. So, so Gavin, is there anything else that, that we should have asked you about uh, about Tailwind specifically or even uh, related to the Anzac Ultra that you think, you know, I wish they'd ask me about that or I really should mm. remind people about this? Not at all. I, I think the, the one thing I didn't say was, you know, it, if they do head to the website, my contact number's on there, my email's on there, Feel free to ring up, even if questions sound silly, ask them, how else do we learn if we don't ask questions? So feel free. I mean, as I said earlier, ultra runners love to have long conversations. <laughs> I will chat to anyone until the cows come home and help them through their issues or their fueling strategies. Um, you know, so feel free to be in contact. I know um, that reminded me actually of something which in terms of a, a sort of a service kind of thing was fantastic. Is the first time that we ordered 
uh, our tail, tail end was sort of the email back that we got from you just asking us about you know, any questions we had, how we were yeah. going to use it. And I think mm. you, I think you sort of invited me to say, here's our strategy, here's how we're going to use it, and then you yep. gave us a couple of tips and, and a bit of feedback, which was basically saying, yeah, you're on the right track, but how about you think about this and that. So it's just a really nice... You don't get that from other places. Well, I, I, I think that comes from the culture of Tailwind in the States. They, you know, Both Jenny and Jeff, uh, they created Tailwind. Tailwind is a family worldwide and that's how we want it to be we want people to go across America that are doing an event and go are there any other Tailwind family members here and get to know each other as a community and we support each other and that's you know the, the ethos behind us yeah no that's great magnificent yes well um, aside from everything else uh, Gavin Markey from Tailwind but all the best for the Anzac Ultra and we'll look forward to you out of course um, and to you guys too and remember keep that smile on your face when I see you oh, always always <laughs> I think we're known for that. Yeah, that's that's oh. one of the things that we we use pretty good at. Yeah, yeah. we try Absolutely. hard. <laughs> we keep smiling at each other, which is that's hard right. too, <laughs> as we run side by side. Yeah, no, it's and been I, fantastic I, I, to uh, to have uh, Gavin Markey from Tailwind on the Partner Running Show, and again, as we said earlier, tailwindnutrition.com.au is the spot to go in, for Australia, New Zealand, uh, at this part of the world. And they've got really speedy service and lots of great information. And as Gavin has said, if you've got any questions or need some advice, then they're... Yeah. Uh, and the, look, the product tastes great too. As someone who uses it, uh, <laughs> a lemon person, I will say yeah. I am a lemon person. Um, you know, a lot of products may not taste great. These taste great. Yeah. I, I think that's something that uh, people... Sorry, if you've got a few, a few more seconds. Something that people forget during the training, and, and you know, we helped out at a training course on the weekend for the North Face. People forget when they go for a training run, they might be six hours in a training run, and their f- fueling strategy and their what, what, nutrition strategy feels fantastic, and that's great. And then they go home and they carry on with their normal lives. They don't think that during the race, they're going to have to do that fueling strategy for another 12 hours on top of those six. Think about those extra 12 hours. Can you keep doing what you were doing for three times longer? And if the answer is no, well, then your fueling strategy is not going to work for you because come that day, you're going to say, no, I can't take on any more. And once you stop taking on your nutrition, your race is over. Yes. So plan to think longer. That's another pearl of wisdom. I'll get my <laughs> pen out again and start. <laughs> yeah. but, no. but, but then the Anzac also plan to think short for it. Remember, we want to finish fast. <laughs> oh, it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, two, yeah. two or three days is that fast. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh, no. It's going to be it very is. exciting. It is. Well, it's been great chatting to you again. We could keep Lovely going forever, guys. couldn't we? Absolutely, With questions yes. and topics <laughs> and interests, as you say. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll spend uh, at least two or three days running around the the, the circle with, with you guys. Absolutely. And um, catching up for uh, a celebration afterwards when it's all done. Definitely. Definitely. A d- different kind of uh, fuel source. <laughs> I don't know, can you put tailwind in beer? That's going to be interesting. Let's try it. <laughs> just won't cut it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Thanks very much, Gavin. Thanks, all Gavin. Time. All right. See you guys. Bye. Road ahead. Join us as we take a quick peek at a few of next weekend's running events. So for the pause, the road ahead. Join us as we take a quick peek at a few of next weekend's running events. Gremlin.
was in the system. It delayed, but it didn't. It did delayed and then played twice. So yes. there you go. So uh, two loops. Okay. Indeed. What's on this weekend? Well, it's Easter, and uh, for the Christian world, that is a, a holiday season or a religious season that is celebrated. Can be celebrated with a run. There are some runs on Good Friday. There is the Arlberg Brutal Marathon in Denmark. There is also the Dead Sea Ultra in Jordan, if you're in that part of the world. There is the Good Friday Cricket Club Charity Marathon in Northampton in the UK. There is the Gopher Attack Marathon in Canada. Also on Good Friday. But Saturday, Sunday, we've got Charlottesville Marathon in Virginia, the Grizzly, Grizzly Peak Trail Marathon, Rock and K Trail Marathon in Kansas, Running and Living with the Tiger in India, Alexander the Great Marathon in Greece, the Eco Slow Marathon, uh-huh. ah yes, in Inba in Japan. So if you want to take seven or eight hours to run a marathon, that is the place to go. You'll be with like-minded yeah, individuals. Sorry, we met that guy and he told us we were too fast to come to his event. We were too fast. We had to slow down. The Dajakio Marathon in Corsica, Trail du Bord de Mer in Brittany, and the Northampton Run Festival in the UK also. Now, on Monday, as this does sort of continue on over Easter, there is the Dallamon in Italy and the Idraman Marathon in Norway. But uh, closer to home, there is the Great Western Sandstorm Marathon and Ultramarathon in WA this weekend. There is the Maidenwell Marathon in Queensland. And there is also the Wild Horse Criterium of 80K, 55K and some shorter events also up in around the Glasshouse Mountain area. But of course the big one, Anzac Ultra begins on Monday, April the 6th. So, Ga- so the Gavin and, Gavin and uh, Co. will be out there running 45, four, sorry, 40, 450 kilometres beginning on Monday the 6th. Yes, so uh, a lot of people think the challenge of uh, being in taper or rest mode over Easter, I think, is, um, you know, one with all those buns and chocolate around that some people find difficult <laughs> to avoid because, of course, whilst the 450k Anzac Ultras head off on Monday, the 300k Anzac Ultras head off on Wednesday um, with their registration up up in Canberra on the Tuesday, and then the 150 kilometres heading off on Friday, the 75s on Saturday, and then of course it's the Australian Running Festival and and uh, the Canberra Marathon, the 50k, and the other events that uh, Sunday. So mm. yeah, uh, and of course Buffalo Stampede, I think that's that weekend as well. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of our running friends that are are doing one or two of those events mm. and are in the in the sort of the, the taper Easter Easter rest mode. So usually Easter is a great time I find for training really hard. So it's a bit tricky this year to be turning our attention elsewhere. But anyway. Yes, but we shall. By the end of the week, we'll have got our kilometres up, so we're not going to have missed it. No, that's right. Definitely. Okay. Definitely the case. Well, that's the end of another partner running show. So thank you very much, folks. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Gavin Markey from Tailwind. Uh, any questions, suggestions, people you think we should be interviewing, talking to, please let us know at info at partnerrunning.com or via the Partner Running uh, page on Facebook or, of course, Partner Running Twitter and Partner Running Instagram. And of course, coming up through the Anzac Ultra, we'll have a few updates, but we'll have a lot more updates once we make it. 
Yes. Okay, see you next week on The Partnering Show. Thanks, Sue, and thanks, Gavin. You're listening to The Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by partnerrunning.com and The Partner Runner magazine.